0: hockey fans, and welcome back to the next episode of PuckCast that you've been probably waiting for the, since the last one came out a week ago. We're back on schedule. You're listening to the Rotowire Signature Hockey Pod podcast with Statsman and AJ. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My ho- co-host, as always, is AJ Scholes, who's a great follower at AJ Scholes24, based in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, near Rotowire headquarters over in Madison. He's coming fresh off a very interesting Halloween night celebration. I'm sure. I loved your costume, AJ. Can you share with the class?
1: Well, uh, it doesn't look like it right now. I don't have the the rest of my outfit, as it were. But uh, went as uh, Ron Swanson for those of you familiar with Parks and Rec. Um, my wife went as Leslie Nope. So, yeah, we had a good good time. But obviously. It'll take a little bit for the rest of the beard to come back in but you know I would say probably by next week we'll be we'll be back to full beard <laughs> full beard
0: Great comeback story in the offing there with AJ's beard. <laughs> and folks, there's a couple of teams that might be looking for a great comeback based on their early starts. It's a nice segue into the fact that we're now looking a month into our NHL schedules and our fantasy league schedules as well. So I want to pose a couple of questions that will knock around for a bit in the opening, AJ. It's a time when I look at my roster saying, is it flawed? or Are there any other pieces out there in free agent land that can help me? And should I make some moves? And one of the things that I was contemplating was in net last week. I I was looking at beat advantage for New Jersey. And I thought he's looking like he's taking a backseat to Mackenzie Blackwood, but then go ahead and look, look at now. And he's reeled off three wins. So I I pulled him back in saying, no, I, I think I'll keep him for a while and see what goes on. And so that's, that's the kind of thing that I'm dealing with my fantasy roster and people around the uh, fantasy leagues are probably wondering the same thing. Have they stayed too long or have they committed too early to somebody who doesn't look like they're in a good situation? Now's the time to start reflecting on that sort of thing. And I wonder AJ, if we can apply the same uh, thought process to our respective favorite teams in that regard. So uh, looking at the NHL standings, they're both sitting there with 500 records after nine or 10 games Uh, into the season and I'm looking at the reporting that I'm seeing locally and and it's almost full-blown panic here in Toronto (laughs) coming off their last game and a Western road swing in the States where they lost all three games two of them in overtime and uh, they're expected to be better than this quite frankly with the high octane offense the defense is really struggling and during the course of the last game I told you off the air what happened that uh, coach Sheldon Keefe called a timeout late in the third period after things were starting to unravel and he was pointing his finger repeatedly at Mitch Marner, and you could uh, almost hear him, read his lips, and he was saying, you know, two bad giveaways cost us two goals here. And, and then Mitch Marner proceeded to leave the bench and throw a snit fit, went in the runway and, and broke a stick in anger and came back and missed a couple of shifts. And it's the second time that, that uh, the coach has called his players out, particularly his top-end players. So all is not well on Leafland. And I look back a year ago and they were struggling the same way. And, and it was at this point that they ran off a three-month stretch where they were the hottest team in hockey. So I'm prepared to give this team a little more time. But I can't believe the full-scale panic that's going on around me here in Toronto. And I wonder what the outlook is from your standpoint with your favorite team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are mired at the same record of 500 so far this season.
1: Yeah, so just touching on the fantasy aspect here first, Paul. I've I've similarly I got a couple players um, been debating whether to ride out Brock Besser uh, with his injury concerns. Looks like he's close, so so far I'm going to stick with him. Unfortunately, my uh, my league doesn't have an IR slot. Otherwise, I would have you know, there's no question if you have an IR slot or two, um, I would have stuck there. But uh, and then another one for me uh, is Seth Jarvis, kind of debating. Yeah. What to do with him, uh, it's been definitely a, a kind of uh, slow start to the year by previous season standards, just three points, in nine games. So um, do you jump ship there? So, so far, I, I tend to be a stand Pat kind of guy. And uh, I think I would apply that to the, the Penguins here as well. Look, you know, there's uh, the ownership group loves Mike Sullivan. Uh, the leadership group in the locker room loves Mike Sullivan. So I don't think there's any concern there. And, you know, among the fan base, it's in Crosby we trust. He, he will get us <laughs> to the playoffs. You know, what happens after that tends to be out of his control for sure. But, uh, you know, there's, there's just no, in my opinion, there's no panic. I think some of it goes, yeah, this was a bad road trip. I mean, they lost four straight. They lost several one-sided games. Um, you know, the one I most would want back is that loss to Seattle. But, you know, a four-game West Coast swing early in the season when you're playing a lot, uh, you know, road games, it, it's going to happen. So for for me, it's no panic. But, you know, if we we got a couple at home coming up, you know, we got Boston tonight at home, uh, I would hope we could win that one. So, it, you know, it, it might be creeping up in the background. But for now, it's in Crosby we trust, and I, I stick with my same – standpoint let's stand pat for now and, and see where we can go down the road
0: yeah i think both of us are in our fantasy leagues and in with regard to the fandom that we have our respective clubs can be a really realistic and look for the nhl situation both teams are exactly one or two points out of a playoff spot right now way too early to concern yourself with that issue being a, a real serious concern both teams will turn it around i'm pretty sure and then in terms of our respective fantasy clubs, I think it's just a matter of situations where it's still too early for any team to be running away with our leagues or out of contention with our leagues. But you want to take a look around and see just what's out there and be aware of the possibilities. And I'm sure in Pittsburgh, uh, with Brian Burke in the organization, here's a guy with an itchy finger. And if he thinks there's a, there's a need to, uh, shake the team up, he'll, be uh, opting for a big-time trade, I'm sure. That's what we've seen in his DNA in the past. So he might nudge, nudge his general manager and company to get something done in that regard because the window is not as big for a club that has its an, uh, an older-than-average core, if I may say, AJ, with the leadership on, on the Penguins right now. And so they're looking at one or two maybe kicks at the can with this core still going forward. The Leafs are in a similar situation, only in that – they have some serious contract issues in the uh, on the horizon and you want to make sure that austin matthews is happy because uh, far be it for him to want to stick around if if they're going to go into rebuild mode and say this season is a write off and and we have to get rid of the manager and coach so uh, There's going to be some tense times for both clubs, I think, before they write the ship. But I do expect both of them to get it right in the near term. So that's our outlook uh, from the fantasy point of view, one month in, and the NHL look one month in as well. No time to panic, but certainly things have to be considered. And, uh, partner, we're going to do our uh, sweep through the 32 teams. I will kick us off this week with a look at the Anaheim situation. And I know that uh, a couple of the – Young guns have done what they're supposed to do in terms of leading the scoring with Trevor Zegers pulling up three goals and Troy Terry with three points last week. Then some tough news for them. Jamie Drysdale is out for the season on the back end. That's a that's a tough blow for a team that's having trouble uh, on the defensive side of the puck leading the league in goals against uh situation. So there's really pressure on the defense to step up. And uh, the light's going to shine brightest on a guy like a John Klingberg here. He signed a one-year deal, AJ, as kind of a showcase situation. He knew he was going to be 1A or 1B on this defense core. And now uh, he's got a real chance to show his value in a tough situation, albeit. And, uh, you know, it's it's a, he's going to lead uh, the charge to stem the flow there. But they got to get better work out of John Gibson as well. That's That's a bit of a concern in the early going. He's letting in too many goals right now. And I don't trust... Anthony Stolar is to be a guy that steps in and takes the load anytime in the near future. So a couple of guys that really the focus is on, uh, on the def- defensive side and in net, And uh, we'll wait in the next coming weeks to see if they can stem that tide and turn it around.
1: Well, I'm, I'm already tired of talking about Arizona, Paul. So I'll, I'll keep my comments here pretty brief. Uh, you know, they continue to be bottom of the division as, as everybody pretty much expects. Um, I think if there's good news for for the fan base, there you look at the last week. Shane Gossesbear had three points. That's good for them. He's on uh, the last year of his contract, so perhaps could earn um, some some trade value there at the end of the season. Clayton Keller uh, picked up a, a number of assists, no goals in the last couple of games, but with uh, you know kind of the supporting cast around him, it's pretty impressive he was able to get four assists in three games. But you know, for the most part. Um, It's just going to be a matter of can some of these guys that might have appeal at other clubs offer something. Jacob Chishorin is obviously the big name that they talk about, but he's still considered week to week after uh, suffering a setback in his recovery. So until he can get on the ice and show he's healthy, he doesn't really have any trade value right now. Um, So I would say, you know, maybe uh, right now, uh, you know, uh, like I said, Shane Gossipair might have the highest value. Uh, as far as a trade piece goes with his contract expiring at the end of the year. And he's showing a bit of that offensive upside that we saw early in his time in Philadelphia, but it uh, obviously trailed off when, when they no longer wanted to keep him around.
0: AJ, I would have bet a lot of money if we'd have been talking about the Boston Bruins that we wouldn't be talking about the Boston Bruins rather as the top team in the league after three weeks of the schedule, but here they are with an eight and one record. They have managed to, uh, Overcome the severe injury issues that we highlighted in the preseason uh, with both players that headed that list either returned already or certainly about to. And I'm talking about Brad Marchand. Yeah, I'll say his name. Um, The moratorium's over there. (laughs) Uh, He's back in the lineup and took off with a two goal effort first game back. And Charlie McAvoy has resumed skating on the back end. So uh, a team that's eight and one. I thought they'd be in trouble in the first half of the season. Looks like that's by the boards and looks like the injury concerns are by the boards too. So you have to look at why this has happened. And I think we take a moment to talk about the culture of this team. And it looks like a team that where the players are really acting and behaving in an accountable fashion. And that stems right from from Patrice Bergeron on down the line. He didn't take the big gigantic contract here, but he has been a leader on and off the ice And, and uh, all the other guys have stepped in right behind them and in line. And it's a one for all, all, all for one kind of a group. And uh, I really admire it from a distance what's going on in Boston so far and credit to all of these players. They've got a rookie coach here. They've made his early going much better than I thought it was going to be. So guys like Marchand with seven points, Charlie Coyle with a couple of goals, Hampus Lindholm has been a stud on the blue line Really taking over uh, the the reins from the injured Charlie McAvoy, so everybody's stepping up here, and that's no it's it's no surprise that it's gone so well because of that fact.
1: Well, speaking of teams uh, looking on the up here, Buffalo Sabers. You know, if it weren't for Boston's super good start to the year, the, the Sabers might be on top of the Atlantic. They've gone six three and zero. To kick off the season here, and it seems like every week we're talking about one of the Sabers being on top of the the league scoring. This week, Tage Thompson led the the entire NHL with nine points over the last uh, seven days. Here, you've got five goals, four assists, three of those points coming from uh, the man advantage as well, and then production really throughout the lineup. I mean, you look at this: Cousins with three goals, Olafson with three. Uh, Skinner had six points. Oposo had four assists. Uh, really just kind of clicking on on all cylinders here. They're getting defensive production out of Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, you know, maybe you could, if you want to find things to complain about, you could talk about Owen Power, just three points to start the season here. But, look, there's a 19-year-old kid adjusting to the NHL really as a full-time. Like, he got eight games last year. Um you know, I, I don't know what you're expecting out of him right out the gate here. So I'm okay with kind of slow start if you want to find reasons to complain about. And then, of course, you know, the, the emergence of Eric Comrie here to start the season um, has had a couple of bad outings, but for the most part has been consistently solid to let his offense really carry the workload here. Um, you know, you, you look three or more goals allowed in in almost all of his games he had one two goal allowed game against Edmonton which is pretty impressive in and of itself faces a lot of rubber I mean we're talking multiple four out of six games he's faced more than 30 shots um so really has has stood strong and again as I said he's doing enough to let this offense do its job not something I think we
0: would have expected to say uh, about the Sabres Well, what we would have expected to say about Carolina is coming true. They are one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, and it's based on a solid combination of a great defensive structure where they're limiting the opposition to about 25 shots against a game. That's one of the top marks in the league, and kept the goals against average down, regardless of whether Freddie Anderson's in that or Antti Ranta, who's proved to be one of the more capable NHL backups in his three appearances, for instance. They haven't lost yet. They've got in regulation, anyway, they've got two wins and an overtime loss. So if you can get that kind of effort record from your backup goalie, you're going to have a good year. And so that goes hand in glove with their offense, which is ticking along, as you might expect, with uh, pretty solid numbers across the board. And they're being led by the familiar names of Sebastian Aho And Marty Neskacz has been a pretty, pretty good scorer here the last couple of years. But Andrei Svechnikov's really making a name for himself. AJ, there are some people that are expecting him to have a breakout campaign. He's well on his way with that. Eight goals and 10 points in first nine games played. I mentioned last week how Brent Burns has been uh, a key ingredient here to help uh, the offense from the back end. He's certainly taken the pressure off. Brady Shea, who's right behind him. So they got two very good offensive defensemen in the fold, and uh, that allows them to partner with defensive-minded types like Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin to give them a very stout defensive look in addition to that deep offense. They have a very solid-looking top six. And right now, they are nicked up a little bit with Andre Kasha's sideline day-to-day and Calvin DeHaan also day-to-day, but nothing serious on the injury front that would uh, make you think that they're due for a bit of a slide. I'm surprised by one note that Jesper Jesperi Kotkaniemi has got second-line minutes. They're looking for him to take a step in his development, but if and they're giving him some rope now. He's got uh, Jordan Saul behind him in the third slot and Paul Stastny in reserve in the fourth slot. I suggest to you, AJ, that if Kotkaniemi gets it going, he'll hold on to the second-line center position, but if he doesn't, he could slide to fourth very quickly.
1: Bit of a slow week in Calgary, just two games, uh, for them. So the number totals aren't huge. You look at your top producer for them, Nazim Kadri, two goals, one assist here, and really a, a very healthy team. I mean, there's not a whole lot of surprises out of the gate here. You've got Jacob Markstrom um, basically carrying most of the workload here, has already uh, started, or, or played rather, uh, I think he started that game. So uh, yeah, uh started uh, six of the seven contests uh, to start the season. We are going to see Dan Vladar uh, tonight uh, in the nets for the Flames. They're going to give Markstrom a, a a break here, but really we're we're expecting that from them. We expected Kadri would produce. Um, Jonathan Huberto has a goal in those two games. Same uh, with with uh, Mikko Backlund. So really, not a lot of surprises with this club off the start. They're kind of just turning along like we thought they would. Um, Maybe if you were high on on the moves they made to start the season, you would have expected them higher in the standings. But, again, they've only played seven games. You look at Los Angeles is two points above them in the standings, but has played four more games. So, really, I think Calgary is right where they want to be um, on the season right now.
0: You know what? Chicago is in a very interesting spot, AJ. We all expect them to be one of the bottom feeders in the NHL. But right now they're scoring a lot. And, of course, we expected Patrick Kane to be among the top scorers on this team. And you wonder if we're talking about him in a Blackhawk uniform in four months. But you got to also think the same thing for Jonathan Taves. They're coming into the last season of their high salary cap hits. And, uh, you know, they're not going to win another cup in Chicago. So you wonder if they're going to do enough to turn heads by the trade deadline to uh, bring in some assets here. And you can also say the same thing for a guy like Max Domi who signed a prove-it deal. One year, $3 million. And he's doing well right now with seven points, including four goals in the early going, pouring a lot of shots on goal, and being feisty as ever with 25 penalty minutes. So he's taken the opportunity to to rehabilitate his image, I would say. And that's the best news of that is for the Hawks, who, again, could be positioned to reap the benefits of all free players by the trade deadline. So it's an early focus here. And uh, you can also add uh, the name of Alex Stalock to the mix. He is now being pressed into duty because of an injury situation to big save Dave, who isn't a big save guy in <laughs> Chicago anymore. Sorry, I'm talking about Peter Morazic. I got those two bums mixed up. Peter Morazic is out with an injury. And uh, so he is being sidelined, puts stalock front and center in the goaltending chart for Chicago. He has a chance to turn some heads there for teams that might be stuck in goal later in the season. So it's it's audition time early on in Chicago. Some of the veterans are are making – Waves and uh, we'll be watching that all season long. I think.
1: I think the most intriguing storyline for Columbus right now is what they're going to do in the Nets. Jonas Corposalo is is healthy and uh, has been activated off injured reserve. I expect we're going to see him play in a game. Uh, they have the uh, global series in Finland against Colorado this weekend, uh, playing back to back games over there. Considering he's from Finland. I would guess we're going to see him play in one of these games, but this is not a team that's going to carry three defensemen all year long. I mean, nobody does that. So, do they send Tarasov back? It's probably the most painless option. Um, he doesn't have to, he is waiver exempt, so he wouldn't have to go through waivers. But Tarasov has had uh, a couple of good games here to start the season. Uh, you know, couple of bad ones too, but, you know, do you want to send them back, let them develop more? Again, that's probably the easy answer here, um, but, uh, you know, there's a, a possibility that they would try and do something with Mers Lickens or Corpusalo um just because they want to get a longer, more extended look at
0: Tarasov between the pipes. AJ, in Colorado, I mentioned this is a team that has a record similar to our favorite clubs, and there's no sense of panic, despite the fact that they've dropped four of their last six and uh, they have seen Valery Nuchushkin uh, slide into the injury list, albeit on a day-to-day basis. His injury is not considered serious. In fact, he's dealing with a lower body hurt, and he only has missed two games so far. So we'll wait and see if we can get more information on him. Maybe you have it, but I haven't seen anything. to just indicate that it's a long-term concern. And that's a good thing because I think he's ready to have another addition to the, the nice season that he had l- last season in a top six role here. But in the interim, JT Comfer steps in as a center on that second line. Logan O'Connor and Arturi Lekkonen fill it out. But you can bet that Nichushkin will be back in there as soon as he's healthy and good enough to go. I'm curious to see what this team's going to get out of Alex Newhook in the third line role. AJ, this could be a nice situation for him. He hasn't really taken advantage of it yet right now with one point in the nine games played. But you can expect him to get a long look and they expect him to take a next step in his development. So, uh, the champs are are not exactly rolling right now, but no panic right now. and No need to be panicking.
1: Well, the biggest question in Dallas is uh, obviously between the Nets here. They've got Jake Ottinger dealing with at least a one-week injury, uh, lower body hurt for him. And again, they're saying at least a week before being reevaluated. So more likely, I think we're looking at possibly a two-week absence for him. And now the easy thought would have been that they would bring up Anton uh, Anton Houdobin, but they're so up against the cap they couldn't make that work. So they brought in Matt Murray, not that Matt Murray, Paul. They, they <laughs> yeah. haven't stolen your goaltender. No, you have
0: me wondering. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they signed uh, another Matt Murray uh, from uh, he was on in their AHL system as a minor league only netminder. They signed him to a one year entry level deal. And he's going to serve as the backup to Scott Wedgwood, which really hinges their fate during this time uh, to either a guy that's never played in an NHL game or Scott Wedgwood, which isn't a great answer either as, as kind of a career backup for him. So uh, it's a tough spot to be in. And then, of course, we've had a little bit of a will-he-won't-he heading into tonight's game on Miro Heisken. And Originally yesterday, they called him a game-time decision. This morning he was ruled out of the game and then they said, nah, he's still a game time decision. So we've had a little back and forth. You'll have to keep checking rotowire.com for the latest on that. Obviously, if he plays top pairing, number one power play unit, there's no concerns about his role on this team. Um, It's just a matter of will he won't he
0: play. But obviously the net mining situation is a big question. And uh, the net-minding mark, mark, net question is uh, front and center in Detroit as well. We knew it was going to be. They got a nice look back there, AJ, though, with Billy Huso and Alex Nadelkovich figuring to split the responsibilities. And in the early going, Huso has outplayed his partner by a pretty wide margin, I'll say, in terms of the goals against average. It's 241 for Huso in five starts. Nedeljkovic with a 498 in four starts. You can expect that gap to narrow as the season goes on. But right now, Huso has the inside track and should get more game starts going forward. In terms of the depth chart, Tyler Bertuzzi, we have some information that he's got an upper body injury and he'll be out of the lineup for uh, about three more weeks. He's missed already one, one and a half weeks. So he's uh, lost a top six opportunity and it's gone to the likes of, uh, of let's see, Dominus, Dominic Kubelik has moved up. Adam Ernie, getting more ice time as well. So uh, in, their, uh, in his absence, those two guys are getting a look, and you might consider Kubelik, I guess, as more of a DFS value play. Ernie, more of a plugger, physical presence, and an interesting look alongside Nick, uh, Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond, who are going to carry the offensive mail for this club. I'm surprised to see P- Pius Sutter relegated to a fourth-line role here, AJ. I thought he was a guy who could challenge for second-line minutes. And Andrew Copp has not, not exactly leapt out of the gate either offensively with only three assists. So you might see those two flip-flop in terms of responsibilities going forward. But I think they're going to give Copp a longer look just because of the size that he brings and the physicality he brings to his game. I know it's something that Stevie Eiserman covets. And so he's going to give the big center a lot of rope to, to find his way there.
1: Look, at the start of the season talking about Edmonton, I said, finally, problem solved. Real goaltender to go with Connor McDavid and Zach, uh, you know Leon Draisaitl and Zach Hyman and all these guys. They'll be all set. And then it just hasn't been that way. Jack Campbell one outing this last week uh, gave up five goals on thirty six shots. Meanwhile, Stuart Skinner pair of wins, nine six three was the save percentage there. Campbell actually picked up a win in that one thanks to his offense. Um, And that comes in the form of the guys you expect. McDavid with eight points, Hyman with five, uh, Nugent Hopkins with four, Drysaddle with five. And so, really, uh, at least the upside for Edmonton fans is you are getting good goaltending right now. This is not coming from Jack Campbell, which is a bit of a surprise uh, for me. He is going to get the start tonight. We'll see if he can bounce back. But, I mean, you're talking about – uh, in his last five contests, he's given up four more goals in three of those. And again, uh, just kind of lucky and beneficiary that some, you know, you can give up that many goals uh, and still come away with three wins in his last five. It's pretty impressive here in terms of what the offense could do. But uh, I expect Campbell is going to be on a short leash here. If, if he's not going to start getting the wins, we're probably going to see even more Stuart Skinner uh, heading into the
0: next couple of weeks here. AJ, we have a, an interesting and significant note on the Florida Panthers in terms of uh, injury rehab. Aaron Eckblad is targeting uh, return to action on November the 12th. So he's still got maybe a week and a half on the sidelines, but at least he's he's uh, resumed skating. And it uh, looks like he's going to get the green light maybe a little bit sooner than than we might have anticipated previously. That's not a moment too soon for a pair of goalies that have seen their numbers uh, go south a little bit in the early going, particularly Sergei Bobrovsky. Every time I look at this guy's numbers, I also look at it. Remember his salary cap. And I'm thinking, man, they're not getting their bang for the buck when he's got a, a, a goals against over three and a save percentage under 90%. That's, in fact, the case right now. And Spencer Knight is out, actually outplaying him. he's been undefeated in his three starts this season. So you wonder if there's going to be a handoff in terms of the majority of goaltending starts going forward where we might have thought Bobrovsky was going to get the edge, but Knight might be uh, sticking his neck out in front in that battle, and uh, that'll be one that, that uh, will be dictating the fortunes for this team but best news of all is that their signature player on the blue line is coming back and in the meantime they have seen that Brandon Montour and Gustav Forsling can certainly handle offensive responsibilities both of them have been really good so far this season as we thought they might so it could be a three-headed monster offensively from the blue line that supports a forward group that is pretty stacked in my opinion
1: well the Kings showed a lot of patience with Gabriel Velarde and there was a time there where His back injuries seem to be, you know, trending towards this not really working out in terms of a a long-term future here. He has seemingly put that behind him. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing him here, but eight goals in 11 games to start the season, including four goals this past week, um, playing first-line minutes with them. Of course, we expected big things from Kevin Fiala, a seven-point week for him. Anze Kopitar, of course, continuing to churn along at a point per game pace. And so really for a team that we kind of uh, pegged more uh, in the beginning of a rebuild with the Fiala edition, you know, getting some of these guys healthy. I mean, Velarde was a 2017 draft pick. It's not like he's been a recent, you know, that's five years ago, but they're only now really starting to see dividends because of some back injuries that hampered him for a while and cost him significant time early on in his career. But you add that into some of the other additions they've made, and this is a dangerous Kings team that is going to do everything it can to try and factor uh, in the Pacific. They're sitting, again, third in the Pacific right now. They've played a lot more games than Calgary, so that's a tenuous spot at best. But they're in a much better place than they were last year.
0: AJ, in Minnesota, I was concerned at the beginning of the season when they moved Cam Talbot over to Ottawa in a deal. And uh, they left the, the reins of the net in, in the hands of Marc-Andre Fleury, who was getting up there in years. And when he started the season with a couple of lopsided losses, I felt even worse about their goal situation because the backup is a, a grass-green youngster by the name of Philip Gustafson, who's had his struggles in a couple of starts this season. But Fleury seems to have righted the ship with three solid starts in a row that have all been victories here. And uh, so... They're going to have to manage his time. I don't think he's a guy that can handle a 60 game workload. So they're going to have to get more of Gustafson, or maybe find a goalie elsewhere. But in the meantime, in the sh- at this point in time, rather, uh, Mark Andre Fleury looks like the uh, Mark Andre Fleury of old, and uh, he's playing young right now. So that's positive news for them, and in support of a forward group that's very deep. They're managing things very well at the moment, albeit without the the play of Ryan Hartman, who's out of the lineup right now, dealing with an upper body hurt. He'll be unavailable for tonight against Montreal, but the feeling is that he won't be lost for too long, and that's a good thing because he's penciled in as a first-line center here. In the meantime, Frederick Gaudreau steps into a top-six role, and this is a guy who's got four points in nine games played but might be a sneaky good DFS play in the interim, particularly with a matchup like he has tonight against Montreal.
1: Well, speaking of Montreal, we'll dive into them next. Some interesting uh, kind of decisions they've been making in terms of their forward complement here. So they uh, had reportedly scratched Evgeny Dadunov, but of course now he hasn't practiced for two straight days and seems more like he's dealing with an injury. So I'm not sure I buy the first scratch, but the other thing they did was they had Jonathan Druin and Rem Picklet out. Now they're putting those guys back in, but Mike Hoffman and Michael P- uh, Pizzetta are both out. Now, Pizzetta obviously is not surprised, but the fact that Mike Hoffman is going to be a healthy scratch tonight is uh, really intriguing. His production would seem to indicate that's what's called for, one goal in nine games. I mean, you're talking about a guy... Uh, that at you know other points in his career pushed the 40 goal threshold was a consistent 20 point producer or 20 goal producer rather through almost his entire time in Ottawa. Um, so there, there's reasons to scratch him, but it's a little bit of a surprise to see that happening there. Um, so obviously Marty Saint Louis is confident in, in what he, the choices he can make, because those are some big names in, in Druin and Hoffman to just decide that, that you're going to sit them for a game and, and give a look at somebody else. And then I would like the team to offer him kind of more information than we're getting on Evgeny Dadnov. Again, scratched for one game supposedly, um, but now has had back-to-back maintenance days, including this morning. So he's not expected to play tonight. Um, and I, I think we're I don't want to say covering something up, but like, why are we being weird about this? Like if he's got an injury, just tell us he's got an injury. Um, and let's, let's move forward.
0: Well, the New Jersey devils have revealed that they got an injury to deal with. And it's a significant one. Andre Palat, their big free agent signing from like a year ago, this off season, he, uh, he has undergone groin surgery, AJ, and that's going to keep him out for a while. And that opens the door for Fabian Zetterlund to move into a top six role. He's a guy that we didn't pro- profile as a significant contributor here, but he's got a chance to build on a good early start. Where he's got two points in four games played, and you can expect to him to get some runway here in a top six role uh, as long as Palat- Palat's out and he continues to score at least at the rate that he started with. But in the interim, I was also wondering when I was going to see something out of Vitek Vanacek. I mentioned that he's one of my fantasy goalies, um, maybe third on my depth chart, but he is fighting to be number one on the Jersey Devils depth chart and showing that Mackenzie Blackwood, that it's not his job at the moment. Uh, It's it's being split right now, and Vanacek's numbers are better than Mackenzie Blackwood at the moment. He got three wins last week and a shutout to boot, allowing only six goals against in total. Meanwhile, the offense is in the cans of the familiar trio of Jesper Pratt, Hughes with five points, Heisher with three points, Dougie Hamilton chipping in with three on the back end. So the offense looks to have found its groove, and this team is uh, where we thought they'd be, near the top of the division, and I think they're going to be there for a while, AJ.
1: Well, one offense that hasn't found its groove is the Nashville Predators. You look across the, the league, they're sitting fourth, few, uh, fourth fewest in goals, four per game. At just two point four four, again they've played a, a few less games than some of the other teams in the league with just nine right now. But because of that lack of offense, they're three five and one, and that's also reflected in the numbers we saw from UC Saros this last week. Two games, he started both of them. One and one is the record. Nine four two is the save percentage. If I told you a goalie played three two four games and had a nine four two save percentage, you'd bet that he's above. 500 in those games. So, really, this is an offensive problem and not really, um, you know, a, a, a defensive issue. And, you know, we expect this team to be good on the back end when you've got Yossi, Ekholm, McDonough was brought over, Dante Fabro, Alex, uh, Alexander Carrier, like all guys that we expect to work together and keep a really good uh, defensive core here. UC soros we expect to play a lot and to play really well. So, they need to figure out this offense right now. Um, there's any number of guys you could point to. Nino Niederrider, strong start to the year, but now uh, just one point in his last five games. Yes, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne this last week both had three assists, but neither one of them, or I'm sorry, Matt Shane and Phil Forsberg. Both had three assists, but no goals for either of them. So they're in a bit of a slump here as well. So they need to find something to get this offense going uh, to help UC Saros out, who's playing really well right now.
0: AJ, in New York, people, if they're asked who is the top goalie in New York, they might have to look to Long Island and say, is Ilya Sorokin ready to challenge Igor Shosturkin of the Rangers in that regard? Off the early returns, the numbers are really good for the Islanders' backstop. He's got a 93.3 safe percentage. His goals against is 2.2. If he can keep it at that level, that's a conversation that's going to be headed toward Vezina Trophy discussions between those two guys. But offensively, too, there's some good news. Matt Barzell hasn't got a goal, but he's got 10 assists, and they're quite happy with with the production that he's showing right now in that regard, for sure. Uh, certainly 25 shots on goal means that he is getting pucks to that almost three per game. So the goals will come, but they have to be pleased that the playmaking is in place. And, uh, Brock Nelson, uh, it's long been a one-two punch here, and they're at the top of the scoring ladder here for the Islanders. It's nice to see Anders Lee rebounding with a nice campaign. And right behind them, Noah Dobson, who took a step in his development as an offensive-minded defenseman who can log a lot of ice time. He's doing both right now. And he's got six points in nine games played. So uh, I like the look of the Islanders team in the early going. They're reminding me of the club that they were when they made it to the final four a couple of years ago, the way they're going right now. and It's making uh, what I thought would be a tough division even more difficult, uh, a minefield for the contending clubs. I hope it continues all year long. It'll be a great race, but it's going to give you great hairs. Well, Rangers fans are going to vehemently disagree with your take on the
1: net mining situation here, and they're going to point to the fact that Igor Shesterkin is 5-0-2 through seven games this season, hasn't lost in regulation. There's actually four uh, net miners. Obviously, I'm excluding guys who haven't played a lot of games here, but I have uh, four net miners at the top of the league here who haven't lost in regulation. You're looking at Linus Olmark, Carter Hart, Shusterkin and actually Aiden Hill, which surprised me a little bit to see. Um, but, you know, back to Shusterkin, he's maybe got a little bit less of the save percentage that he's had in the past at .913, but the wins are still coming. Uh, this Rangers team did suffer a few setbacks here. Philip is going to be out at least for tonight, classified as day-to-day. And then Vitali Kratsov is out for at least a week. Uh, due to injury here. They uh, are going to have to test their depth a little bit. It's forced them to shuffle up these lines, which means Capo Caco is going to play first line minutes with Sabina and Kreider. Alexis Lafreniere going to play on the second line with Vinny Trocek and Artemi Panarin. So some good assignments for these young guys. I think that's great opportunities for them to not only uh, play bigger minutes, more responsibilities, but to play on some lines with some really quality established veterans from around the league what it does do however is bring in doubts about this bottom six whether it's deep enough to compete with other teams right now
0: AJ a week ago we were talking about injury news being front and center with Ottawa and the news is uh, still that way although there's been some good news infused they uh, last week we reported Josh Norris going to be on the sidelines for a long while with a shoulder injury he might miss the rest of the season Joining him on the IR, maybe not, hopefully not for that long, is a key to their defense. Artem zoo. but on the positive point of view, Cam Talbot could be back in the nets, and he'll take some pressure away from the incumbent, who's logged a lot of ice time there in the nets so far, and and, and he's played rather well. Anton Forsberg has, so uh, it'll be a one one two punch here finally, and maybe with some rest, they'll get a better result out of both of them going forward. It's not that Forsberg performed poorly, but the goals against North of three is a bit of a concern for a team that wants to be a contender. That number has to improve, and it will with a solid structure in front of them, but it's tested with the loss of Artem Zub right now. and uh, It's also worth noting that when we were profiling the top rookies of the year possibilities, Shane Pinto didn't really enter into our top five A.J., but here he is one month in, and he's already got... Uh, Player of the Month honors, Rookie Player of the Month honors, uh, under his belt for the month with six goals and one helper to boot. So uh, news has been good and bad for the Ottawa Senators so far, and uh, their record reflects that.
1: Well, over in Philadelphia, I mentioned off uh, just uh, a minute ago, Carter Hart being 5-0-1 here to start the season. I think you probably, I don't want to speak for Flyers fans, but if I were them, I'd be kind of like, waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? <laughs> like we've seen Carter Hart play this good before. Is it going to last? What's going to happen here? So uh, obviously a very strong start to the year for him. Uh, and and I think what a lot of people expected when he came into the league, just had a few hiccups the last couple of years that has them positioned really well, sitting fourth in the metropolitan through uh, their first eight games and Again, as you said, Paul, this is not going to be a cakewalk for anybody. I mean, you're looking at the rankings right now. You've got New Jersey up in second, Pittsburgh down in seventh. Like, these are teams that, uh, you know, New Jersey's playing better, getting better. Pittsburgh should be better than they are. Um, And so it's a tough spot to be in. Whether Carter Hart can maintain this is going to kind of dictate their season, to be perfectly blunt. He'll go again tonight versus those aforementioned Rangers and what will be a really fun, interesting clash between Hart and Sisterkin tonight.
0: All right. Well, we've reached that point in our, our show where we regularly take a pause to give our sponsors some airtime. That's going to happen right now. We'll be back with some more news and notes from the rest of the teams around the league. You're listening to RotoWire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. We'll be back right after these messages.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions
3: apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. Are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming.
0: All right, we're back, but let's get another reminder of ways that you can listen to our show on a regular basis, find out ways to reach us on a regular basis, and also a nod to our main sponsors.
1: Yeah, so we've reached the NFL uh, trade deadline today. The NHL is a month in. The NBA has kicked off. We've still got the uh, World Series going on right now. There's been no better time to try Caesar Sportsbook today today. Anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesars Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesars Sportsbook promo code ROTO15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. Promo code gives new users a risk-free bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use promo code roto 15 when signing up as i said sports are in full swing and so if you want to talk hockey paul and i are always there for you over on twitter you can follow me at AJ two 24 you can follow paul at statsman22 if you want to talk baseball go to paul nba probably stick with paul if you want to switch over we've got champions league if you're a soccer fan world cup right around the horizon as well if you want to talk soccer i'm there for you as well again at AJScholes24 on Twitter to reach me,
0: and at Staffsman22 to talk to Paul. AJ, there's some news on the infirmary front from you. I'm looking for updates on three players. Jeff Carter's out with a UBI, Teddy Bluger's out with an injury, and Chris Letang with an illness ahead of tonight's game is a doubtful starter, at least from what I'm seeing tonight. That could lead to some significant shuffling in terms of the special teams situation for the Pens, but uh, we already talked about their fortunes, their fortunes, Probably not where you'd like them to be, a little bit higher in the standings with the record. But uh, I think other than the, what I've noted on the injury front, things are not too shaky in this circumstance, and you've got to be happy with the way your older players are, are leading the pack. Crosby at the top of the list with 11 points, Malkin right behind him with eight, Carter even with six. So three of the older guys in the team handling the mail offensively, but you're getting contributions from elsewhere. Danton Heinen's been a nice look. With six points in in the nine games played, I don't think I think that's almost looking like found money for the Penguins at this point. And uh, you can look at Jason Zucker's mark with six points in seven games played as something more than what they've had from in the past. You wonder if he can sustain that pace. They'll be thrilled. So the offense looks to be in gear. It's the defensive structure of this team that that might be more of a question mark at the moment.
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, Jeff Carter going to be out tonight. They're still listing him as day-to-day, and Teddy Bluger still dealing with that start of season injury, so he won't be back yet, which means Drew O'Connor is going to get the third-line assignment alongside Danton Heinen and Caspery Kapanen. That's a player to potentially target as a value play uh, in DFS contests. They are facing Boston and Ulmark, who's undefeated in regulation to start the season. So it's a bad matchup, but somewhere you can maybe look. Another option is Jeff Petri, who's going to potentially fill in on that number one power play, as Paul mentioned. If Chris Letang can't play, Letang, under the weather, it's not really clear for sure whether or not he'll play. Didn't practice yesterday, skipped an optional skate today, so definitely trending towards him not being available. In Seattle, uh, we've got, uh, you know, more of of the same from them uh, in terms of, you know, guys, Matty Bernier's continues uh, to roll with his strong start to the year. He's got points in four straight games, giving him three goals and one assist uh, in his last couple of contests. You've got defensively, you've got uh, Jamie Alexiak shipping in with goals. You've got uh, Dunn picking up four helpers. Guys like uh, Tanev has four assists. Chayden uh, Schwartz with four points on the week. Jared with two goals. So really getting some offensive support from them. Uh, around this kind of young core that they're they're building the concern obviously continues to be in the nets philip grubauer chris reger both out and joey decor is going to get the start tonight that'll be his season debut he logged five games for seattle last year and it did not go well suffering four defeats and a 4.30 uh, record went 0-4 and oh i should clarify he did not get a win in fact in his career right now, had uh, nine games played during uh, a couple of seasons with Ottawa. So a total of 14 games for Decord right now, one win and eight losses plus an overtime loss in that. So really uh, maybe a good opportunity to stack the other side of the lineup in the flames tonight who could use this type of game to boost their offense.
0: AJ, the San Jose Sharks were... Slow out of the gate, to say the least, with five straight losses. But in their last six, they've split three wins and three losses. Big reason why is because offensively, they're getting a ton of mileage out of one Eric Carlson. He's actually leading the team in scoring with six goals and five assists, reminding us of his halcyon days when he was with Ottawa as one of the top players in the entire league. So it looks like he's having a good, fun time so far. 27 shots on goal in 11 games also telling part of the tale. Sadly, he's saddled with a minus two because they just can't keep the puck out of the net uh, as much as they'd like to. Uh, The numbers are not terrible for James Reimer in terms of the goals against average. 91.4 save percentage and a 277 goals against in his seven appearances. is struggling a little bit with 87.5% on the save percentage and uh, 3.33 goals against. He's going to have to do better than that. Otherwise, Reimer's going to continue to run away with holding on to the, the net net mining situation. But uh, behind even behind Carlson, uh, a couple of their older players, Logan Couture and Thomas Hertl are carrying most of the offensive mail. They'd like to see some of the youngsters take the next step. One of those is Nico Sturm. He's got five goals but no assists in 11 games played. So looking for a Cy Young record of sorts, I guess, uh, on the season. And uh, Evgeny Vechnik that Svechnikov, not to be confused with the Carolina sniper, has four points in 10 games, so that helps. And uh, always looking at, at a guy like Mario Ferraro, since his ties are close to home here. He's one of the one of the other linchpins on the blue line, but uh, struggling defensively a little bit, which is not something we're used to seeing. With a minus six record, he leads the team in block shots, though, and so if your league counts that sort of thing, he could be a sneaky good DFS play if he gets his offense in gear. Well, the Blues are mired in a
1: five game losing streak. Um, they have really hit the skids here after a strong start to the season. Neither Netminder really showing up uh, during this slip. And then offensively, they're kind of lacking there too. You've got Justin Falk with five helpers. That's the team high for this past week in terms of points. And then, you know, guys that should be scoring goals Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly both with one goal apiece through four games again this last week so simply not enough especially when the defensive side of the puck is struggling so much again you know neither netminder really performing well you've got uh, Binnington got the hook the other night he's on the year sitting with an 882 save percentage Tomas Grice hasn't been much better at uh, 915 is his two outings all losses for Grice this season. So uh, they're going to need kind of to rally around uh, everybody here and get themselves headed in the right direction. They have been without Brandon Saad, um, but really other than, you know, Torrey Krug had to leave the last game, but it looks like he'll be okay. Brandon Saad, really their only injury concern. So it's hard to blame it on that. At this point, you have to just say underperformance
0: is St. Louis's problem. I think uh, defensive structure is a bit of an issue in Tampa. When I look at the shots allowed by this team, in nine games they've allowed over well over 30 shots per game. That's not the, the DNA of this club, which is dotted with a lot of offensive players. They have been known to be a very tough team to get shots on goal against. They block a ton of them, but that's not happening this year, and that's reflected in the goals against average of both Vasilevsky at two eighty seven and his backup Brian Elliott at three thirty seven uh, Belly Elliott's got a two and one record, though, in, in his three starts. And so, if they can have a winning record from their backup, you know that Vasilevsky can going to play about 60 plus, ga- plus games this season. They'll be just fine because their offense just continues to roll along. It's the familiar faces that lead the way again Kucherov, Stankos, Hedman, and Point at the top of the scoring list. Looks like Mikhail Sergeyev is locked in as the number two guy in terms of scoring from the back end with seven points. He'd like to do better than a minus three so far. That kind of offsets much of that. Brandon Hagel is a guy that people are looking at cross-eyed a little bit because of what they gave up to get him. But offensively, he's given, given them six points in, in uh, nine games played. They'll take that from him on the season as, along with his rugged play. And ditto for Nick Paul with five points in nine games played. So the offensive numbers are there. It's the defensive structure that's missing. So BFS players don't really worry about that too much.
1: Well, Paul, we talked about your leaps at the top, um, so won't get into them too much. One kind of interesting thing is they sent Wayne Simmons down to the minors today, brought up Pontus Holmberg uh, from uh, the Marlies here. He's got two assists in seven games. His AHL numbers are, aren't super impressive. They're not terrible, but when you look at his time in Sweden – uh, you know, his last season over in Sweden, 41 points in 46 games. So this is a youngster with some offensive upside penciled in to potentially make his NHL debut here. One person that is also uh, not benefiting from that is Nick Robertson is set to be scratched tonight, along with uh, Nicholas Abe uh, um So kind of some shuffling things up, trying new things as they try and figure this problem out, Paul.
0: Yeah, I think that they got to give Robertson more runway. I'm not liking Kerfoot on the second-line wing situation. That's not a knock against him. I just think that Robertson could be an explosive component alongside Nylander and Tavares. Kerfoot, for his part, has done a reasonable job with scoring. I just don't want him to take any more penalty shots. He's over 2 already this season. So I don't like that look too much. And on defense, uh, the fans' ire is squarely on one Justin Hall. I mean, he's not a DFS Darling by any means, but defensively, he's absolutely killing this team. And they're shuffling around the defensive pairings to kind of shelter him a little bit. The last I noticed... Is TJ Brody is now his de- defensive partner, and Brody might be the most defensively responsible Maple Leaf defenseman on this roster. They give Morgan Riley and Victor Mete a, a pairing a go at a pairing, and then Giordano and Rasmus Sandin. This is all, almost a sensible look on the back end, but it's going to change during the course of the season. And one of the changes on the horizon is Timothy Lilligren rejoining the fold. So uh, keep an eye on the shuffling of the top six. They've got Mar- Bunting back with Marner and Matthews, so he becomes a good DFS prospect Any time the Leafs lineup as well. Over in Vancouver, AJ, this is a team that finally has gotten off the schneid and won a couple of games, but uh, uh, the better news is that Quinn Hughes has been cleared to return to game action, and we'll see him in the lineup later this week. So that's a bonanza for, for Vancouver and their fan base that's been waiting for him to get healthy again. And uh, the Russian component of their offense has kicked in with – uh, Mikheyev with four points and Andre Kuzmenkov, Kuzmenko with four points last week. Again, I noticed that Luke Shen got three assists last week. He's never going to be an offensive defenseman, but any time that Luke gets three points in a week, I'm going to note it because uh, he's he was a favorite of mine here in Toronto and plays the game that way. I, really like, I like it nice and rugged rugged and that goes ditto for connor garland who's come under fire for a bit of a slow start maybe he lit a fuse under himself and he's got three points under his belt in the last seven days so uh, hopefully better signs on the horizon for vancouver to be the contender the teams thought they would be in this division
1: well i think the storyline with vegas right now uh, has to be the goaltending you know obviously you've got a number of players who had some three point weeks this last week. I mean, Stone Carlson, Eichel Smith, Shea Theodore, all three points this last week. But you have to look at the fact that Aiden Hill started twice, picked up a pair of wins while allowing just three, uh, three goals against here. And, you know, this is a team, like I said, Aiden Hill. Four wins and four appearances for them. We thought goaltending could be a question mark. After Robin Leonard got hurt, then Laurent Brossois got hurt. Brossois is actually headed uh, to the minors to AHL Henderson on a long-term conditioning assignment, so he'll be there for a while. At this point, um, I think it begs the question, would you really bring Brossois back uh, over Aiden Hill right now? I think the answer has to be no. Logan Thompson should continue to see the bulk of the workload, but at this rate, Hill maybe challenges for more of a 60-40 split, we'll call it that. But Broswa, unfortunately, losing uh, some time here and, and falling behind the eight ball when, you know, when Leonard first got hurt, it looked like maybe this would finally be his opportunity to be a starter.
0: AJ, apart from Alex Ovechkin, this offense in Washington really hasn't gotten on track, but I want to spend a moment talking about Ovi he's got five goals in 10 games played if he's at that pace for the rest of the season that's a 40 plus goal season once again at the same age Wayne Gretzky I looked it up while we were talking his goal scoring prowess tailed off long before he reached the age of 37 which is uh, the current mark on Ovi's birth certificate so uh, the the scoring all-time scoring record I think is is due for a fall and uh, barring an unforeseen catastrophic injury to Ovechkin. That's how certain I am that he's going to top the venerable number 99. You wonder if they're going to retire number eight across the league if he gets there to that mark. But beyond him... They're not getting a ton of scoring. Dylan Strom is the guy that's maybe capitalized the most, but he's been playing a lot of minutes with OV. He's got seven points on his record. This is a guy that I was hoping would come home to Toronto in a signing, but he's uh, looking very fine and comfortable in a top six role and t- maybe taking the ne- next step in his development uh, and, and doing very well Uh in New York and uh, Washington rather. And then Nick Jensen has been a bit of a surprise contributor on the back end here. Don't expect him to be among the league leaders in scoring, but interesting look with seven points so far in 10 games played comes as a huge surprise. He's outscoring John Carlson, who's there with six and Dmitry Orlov with five, where norm- normally the one, two punch on the back end. So while the overall scoring is a little bit down, they're getting a lot from the blue line. Uh, the forwards have to catch up here. Paul,
1: there's no chance that they retire number eight across the league. There's just no <laughs> chance. It's not going to happen. Um, I, I think, you know, it's it's a remarkable feat. I don't want to take anything away from Ovi, um, but he is not in terms of overall scoring, in terms of titles won. He is not in the same class as Gretzky. Now,
0: I they, may not, fire you up there. they may
1: not officially retire his number, but there will be a period of time here where, I think it would be a very bold move for anybody to come into the league and wear number eight. So you may not see that uh, too often, uh, but I think the only club that will officially retire that number uh, is going to be the Washington Capitals. So (laughs) let's just get that over and done with here. In Winnipeg, uh, as we move on to there, uh, some tough injury news for them. First, Logan Stanley suffers a foot fracture, he's expected to be out a number of weeks, was probably a fringe roster player, like probably the first one looking at this six-pack that probably would have come out. So it's not a huge injury, but obviously anytime you're stretching your depth, it's not a, a positive thing for you. And then Nikolai Ehlers, they said today, recovery not progressing quite as quickly as they hoped. Um, they're they're expecting a more clear-cut timeline to come from him tomorrow, Um, but the fact that one, they're not sure what the timeline is and uh, that, you know, they're still uh, getting there seems to indicate he should probably be out for an extended period of time, still here, probably more a week to week injury at this point than day to day. So tough injury news for a team that's already kind of struggling on the year. Um, You know, they've got obviously uh, Connor Hellybuck and, I I say struggling, but they're five, three and one sitting in second. So um, Connor Hellybuck is going to be the difference maker here uh, in this team. You look, you know, the saves for him, 48 in his last game, 44 in the game before that. Uh, He's got another game on there where he faced more than 40 shots. So he's going to be busy. Um, So in terms of both DFS and season long, Connor Hellybuck, going to be a pretty good play. Even if he doesn't pick up the win, you expect to see a heavy workload for him, uh, and that will rack up some fantasy points.
0: All right, AJ, we're into our uh, point of our show. We're looking at the sportsbook bets for a busy 12-game slate, so let's handle this in rapid-fire fashion and try to get through the 12 games that are on the docket. Looking at the puck line, totals, and money line, I'll take us into the Flyers' visit to the Rangers Right now, I'm looking at the uh, Rangers on the puck line at plus 105. They've had their way with the Flyers for the last few seasons. And I'm also going to parlay that with with uh, Mika Zibanejad to get a goal. He's had some of his best games against the Flyers. And uh, they're going to face Connor, Carter Hart tonight, but I think they're going to find a way to bring him down to earth. And those are my two bets for that game. What do you look at? Look at the Ottawa Senators' visit to Tampa, and what do you come up with?
1: Yeah, so you're looking at uh, lightning minus 195 on, on the uh, the money line here, plus 130 on, on the puck line. I think I'm kind of going to stay away from those. Uh, I think the Senators are, are a better team than, than we might give them credit for. Um, I wouldn't quite go Senators to win this one either. Um, so ultimately, I'm going to look at the total here, and actually I'm going to take the under. It's sitting at 65 We've got Andre Vasilevsky between the Nets and Tom Forsberg on the other side. So we are seeing a pair of starters. So I'll take the under on the six and a half in this one. Circling back to our last 7 p.m. Eastern game, Paul, what do you like from the Golden Knights and Capitals?
0: Well, the Golden Knights have surpassed expectations. The Caps, I said, they've got a problem on their defensive side of the puck that I see. So that, that's good news for Vegas as the visitors I'll. Take them on the puck line at plus 165 here and uh, think that that looks like a good bet in that one, AJ. Montreal and Minnesota, they met last week in Montreal, and Minnesota got the Duke on a low-scoring game there. Do you expect a repeat of that as they go back to uh, the Central States?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, looking at the lines here, money line 245 in favor of the Wild. You're not really, in my opinion, getting enough value on the puck line here. Minnesota coming in at plus 105, a little bit too risky for me. But looking at overall bets for this one, I actually like Frederick Gaudreau to score a goal, which comes in at plus 265, which is really good value. He's going to be playing in a first line center role for them. And so I anticipate we'll get... Um, he'll get plenty of opportunities here. Could see some power play minutes as well. So I like Freddie Gaudreau to get a goal in this one. Um, If you want to look, you know, a little bit safer, you could look at assists uh, or points for him, but I think he'll get a goal. Paul, I'll let you uh, go with the best bet here for Boston and Pittsburgh, because we know that I'm not going to be thinking correctly about this one.
0: Well, but I'm going to give the lean to the Penguins, AJ. This, we've talked loyally about the Boston Bruins and their great start, but this is a, team, this is a game where I think the Pittsburgh pride is going to come through. I talked about the fact that their team leadership was playing well out of the gate, and you can bet that Sidney Crosby wants this one, and maybe he puts some money on the board. So I like the puck line bet of 205 to keep it close under one and a half. If it's a one-goal game or goes to OT, uh, you're happy, and I'm happy with that, that number. LA Kings and Dallas in Dallas, AJ.
1: Well, I talked off the top that I'm not sold on Scott Wedgwood as their everyday starter and that I like the Kings offense. So you put those two things together. I think you simply take the Kings on the money line. It comes in at plus 125. Uh, I think it's a perfectly good spot to be in. No reason to get crazy with this one. Paul, what say you? About the Islanders and Blackhawks.
0: Well, the Blackhawks' offense, AJ, has been a bit of a surprise this season. The goaltending, not so much. So I expect a high-scoring game here. The Isles Isles are getting a lot of mileage out of their one-two punch punch offensively. So the total of six will fall, and it will fall early by by these two teams. Neither one of which I think is going to make the playoffs at the end of the year. How about that for a hot take? (laughs) Seattle visits Calgary. Uh, Looks like a mismatch on paper. AJ in favor of the home side. You think I'm, I'm right there? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think the, the goal here when betting this one is how do you get the most value um, for a reasonable outcome in this one? And for me, I think you look at uh, we're talking D, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook here, and they have game parlays already kind of paired together for you. And I like the Calgary Flames to cover the puck line, so minus a goal and a half. And for this game to get over six and a half goals, I expect – uh, a big shootout from the Flames in this one. They should get there close. The fact that we're going to see Vladder tonight instead of Markstrom means I do think Seattle can maybe get one or two. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of goals. So that that game parlay of the Flames winning by two at least and over six and a half goals comes in at plus 300. I think it's a real possibility here. Um, for the other 9 o'clock game, Paul, Nashville at Edmonton.
0: How you like this one? I'm calling an upset. This is my upset special on this slate, AJ. I'm looking at Nashville being a heavy underdog plus 140 on the road on the money line. I think that's where I'm going in this bet because I just think that sooner or later they've got to get their defensive structure locked in. UC Saros, one of the better players in the nets around the league also due for a big game and Jack Campbell struggled early on in Edmonton. I expect that to continue against a team that's got enough offense to make for a miserable, miserable night counter-punching against a, a run-and-gun Oilers squad. Florida and Arizona, that looks like a screaming hot mismatch too, AJ, with the Panthers on the road coming into that high school gymnasium or whatever the hell they're playing in <laughs> in, in Arizona. So how do you break that down for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the number one thing that I would suggest is taking an, uh, a handful – of uh panthers guys and and you know getting some anytime goal scorers in here Barkov comes in at plus 115 to chuck at plus 130 i like carter verhage personally at plus 200 if you want to stick more with game lines the puck line again not really worth it you're giving up a goal and a half for the panthers and some juice here at minus 120 i think you're better off looking at the alternate puck line which is the panthers minus two and a half goals Gets you plus 140, a little bit more value there. Paul, what do you see out of the Devils and
0: Canucks? This one is a hard one for me to figure out, AJ. I'm I'm looking at these teams thinking good, solid offenses, goaltenders that have struggled, take the over at over 6.5. That's a lot of goals, and the line is at minus 1.5 for the payoff. I think that's where I'm going to land because I don't see a clear victor here. It could be a high-scoring game that goes to overtime, coin flip time for me. And finally, uh, a battle out in California late late at night, 10.30, the last one on the slate, hitting the era. Anaheim Ducks, the worst team in the league for what we've seen so far against the San Jose Sharks Club that also is in the bottom third. It's almost in who cares territory, AJ, when you talk about that kind of a breakdown. But both these teams recently beat the Leafs, so maybe I have my knives out for them. What do you think?
1: <laughs> well, I, I think for this one, they could be relatively evenly matched. So I don't think there's a ton of value to be had there. What I do think you can get here is the total sitting at five and a half. And that is the lowest one on the slate tonight matched only by the Flyers and Rangers. But for completely different reasons, Flyers, Rangers, obviously, they are going to have solid net mining. Uh, you know, the sports books are protect uh, projecting low scoring because of the net minding here. I think in this one, we're looking at goal scoring because when you look at the goals for per game, These are the two worst teams in the league. So not only is this going to be the latest matchup of the night, it could be the boringest matchup of the night. (laughs) I would suggest not staying up for this one, but if you're going to bet on it, going to stay up for it, look to the total at under five and a half comes in at even money plus 100.
0: AJ, we can put a bow now on the first month of the NHL schedule. As I said, the measuring stick is out, and uh, we'll be applying it in coming weeks and maybe make – watch teams make some harder decisions and calls and we'll also share anything that we do on the fantasy front but we also invite our listeners to stay tuned every Tuesday and in the interim don't be afraid to send us any questions or comments it's decision time in fantasy hockey just as it is going to be in the NHL soon because they like to get rosters in order Uh, looks like the U.S. Thanksgiving is deemed a key date on the schedule for teams that have playoff aspirations I know it sounds early but the record shows if you're not there by that date, it's hard to get there the rest of the season. We remind you, don't forget to send your questions on Twitter. You can follow me, Paul Bruno of the Statsman at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at ajshoals 24 We'll be back with you next Tuesday. Look forward to it as always. So long, everybody.